Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast series of Atreides Collections. Um, hi, Dave. I'm really excited by this week's subject about um, successful negotiations. Hi, Mary. I am extremely excited. Uh, you know, negotiation <laughs> gets my blood pumping, so it's great to be here. Oh, so good to hear. Well, um, we all know negotiating is part of everyday life. It's um, We can label it as such, but we do negotiate daily, whether it's with children, our kids, partners, colleagues at work, with clients, and, of course, debtors. Mm. It's, it's an everyday part of life. That's right, Mary. You've heard me say many times life is a negotiation. Nearly every aspect mm-hmm. of our personal and professional relationships are comprised of moments of negotiation, from how much we are paid to who does the dishes and who gets up to comfort the crying baby in the middle of the night. It's all a negotiation. Sure is. Wouldn't we love it if negotiation was all take, take, take? But um, <laughs> we know we know that negotiating is uh, really give and take. Mm. It's not about high-handed demands. It's about a courteous dialogue. It really aims for a win-win. Mm-hmm. That means, of course, we've got to make concessions. You can't go into a negotiations with the view to get everything you want. There's so many emotions that are running in parallel, Dave. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I mean, it's undoubtedly about give and take. The end goal is to extract as much as possible from the other party without giving anything away of real substance, which on the surface seems kind of harsh. But let's apply that to what this means in this time of COVID, okay, as an example. No. Now, what COVID brings is really an evolution and a change in the environment in which people find themselves. And human beings, Mary, like you've said, run on emotional response and instinct. Human beings are raw. Negotiation yeah. isn't a predictable system process of, of cause and effect. So when we look at, for example, buyers who can't pay, i.e. debtors, as we call them, it's easy to see there is a negative set of emotions at their end. These are people who are scared and angry, often lashing out at a set of circumstances they find themselves in. So, for example, Bob, let's call him Bob, Mary, uh, (laughs) is scared. Bob is scared he will lose his company, his house, perhaps even his marriage over the debts. In essence, the whole life Bob has constructed is on the line. He's not approaching any negotiation over his debts as a rational system process. He's raw, he's reactive, and he feels trapped. And there's certain keys, Mary, which we can go through to how to deal with someone like that in that situation. Um, And the things that really I want to sort of talk about here, usage of time, active Mm -hmm. listening, and patience are key to negotiating in this environment. And the thing is, Mary, we have time, okay? We can listen. The world won't stop spinning if we take the time to listen to Bob. But our position in the negotiation can improve if we do listen. So we've got nothing to lose by listening to Bob. Well, like you say, I mean, Bob's negative emotions, mm. if you want to call it that, are not necessarily an unwillingness to pay. It's he's at his wit's end. He's going yes. to lose assets. He's going to, as you say, his house is on the line. Mm. So that's the, those negative emotions are more a concern, a worry, how to go forward. But, uh, yeah, I, I understand that you're reading a book written by a FBI hostage negotiator called Never Split the Difference um, by Chris Voss. Yes. I've got to admit, initially, I couldn't see that correlation with collections and kept thinking of that <laughs> US TV show, Criminal Minds. <laughs> now that I've, re- I've read a little bit of it now, I'm a bit more in tune. I can see some correlation. Could you, given that you've read the whole book, can you give us a bit more um, info about the book, how you sure. use some of the themes when negotiating with debtors? Definitely. Look, it's a fantastic book, Mary. And as much as any book can change anybody's life and outlook, this one changed mine. And my whole approach to to communication. Now, I just want to say, basically, in essence, to understand this book, people want to be understood and accepted. 
And listening is the cheapest way we have to get there. And by utilising time and patience, we can move towards understanding someone like Bob. And more importantly, Bob will feel like somebody understands. Then we can move toward a payment structure and work towards a way out of the dilemma both Bob and the creditor is in. So the more information you gather from Bob in this phase can inform your next move. And this is all from the book, really. And we apply this all the time in Atreides Collection. So let's talk about a couple of things in the book. Uh, Mirrors and labelling are two topics the book touches on, which I think we'll just draw out here briefly. So a mirror, we fear what is different and we're drawn to what's similar, okay, as humans. So mirrors work magic. You use mirrors to encourage the other side to empathise and bond with you and to keep people talking because that is the biggest goal when you're talking to a debtor on the phone in this kind of time. They sort of don't want to speak, but you've got to give them time, let them come out. So Bob will say, I'm scared I'll lose my house. I say, I understand. You're scared you'll lose your house. I'd be scared too. Then use silence. Bob, yes, now you get it. I get it, Bob. Let's keep working together to avoid that happening. Now, I had a conversation, Mary, this morning with a debtor who called me. And frankly, he called me early. I was in bed. I picked the phone up and I knew straight away who it was. And I used mirrors in the conversation. And you're using the mirror. You're using silence and time. And we came to an understanding and he's going to make a payment on Monday. Um, And and he was so agitated, not even at me, but just at the situation. And he said, you're going to call me on Monday raging like a bull at a gate. I said, no, 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 I'm not raging. I'm not raging. (laughs) And it was so easy because I was literally asleep like two minutes before the call. Yeah, um, but you acknowledge you acknowledge the the situation he's in. You acknowledge his emotions mm. rather than just going in like a like a bull, as you say, and, yes. and just demanding payment. Exactly. Now, I mean, mm. th- there is a time for an assertive approach, but frankly, it is in this t- in this environment with this time. That's probably one of the least effective strategies at the moment. So it's far more important to use the empathetic approach and use the mirroring. Now, another thing uh, that's very important is labelling. So instead of ignoring or denying emotions, good negotiators identify and influence them. And labelling, Mary, is a way of validating someone's emotion by acknowledging it. So a hostage, negoti- not hostage negotiator might say, it looks like you don't want to go back to jail. I might say to Bob, it sounds like you don't want to lose your house. By exposing the negative thoughts to day- daylight, it makes them seem less frightening. So labelling an emotion disrupts its raw intensity. Once you've thrown out a label, be quiet and listen. Bob, Mm. exactly. It sounds like you want to come to an arrangement. Bob, I do. Let's work on that. It's so simple that it almost sounds like it is common sense, but it's about applying that into the conversation and just remembering, and and I stress this again and again to the collectors, don't forget, before you pick the phone up and before they pick the phone up, they weren't paying. Okay, so you've got nothing to lose, really. So just use these approaches. See if you can stretch the conversations out and get them into a state where they can start talking about payment arrangements. They can start talking about settlement offers, anything to get the conversation going that can lead to money coming back to our client. So, Mary, in very brief summary, it's all about active listening, truly listening, clear communication, and an empathetic mindset. Um, And like... In terms of negotiating with um, bad buyers in this environment, Mary, think about the climate surrounding us right now, okay, in 2020. Victoria and New South Wales in Australia are tough right now, varying stages of lockdown, border closures, hot spots, we know it all. And just as importantly, the media, 24-7 panic coverage. 
on this COVID situation is driving community fear and it influences the mindset of the debtors. So it, it even it even sort of magnifies their their fears already for their situation. So in a normal economy, Bob might have some of these problems, but in this economy, he's having more of these problems and the media on top of it is just endless on this story. So it just it just keeps spiraling out of control in his head. So Yeah, and he, yeah, he can't see can't see an end to it, can't see how he can dig himself out of this situation if if you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. And we get emails every single week, really daily, with that same kind of approach and that same kind of mindset. And once you listen to their story and you label their fears uh, and you start negotiating and listening, you can start getting towards structured payment plans and you can start to recover money from what you thought was hopeless positions by sort of gaining a deeper understanding of the buyer and get back money that you thought was dead. So you can start getting back dead money, which is really what our job is. And it's, you know, it's so crucial in this environment. Yeah, so true. It really comes down to then building that trust, showing the empathy, as you say, mirroring and then um, and labelling, the mm. labelling that you talked about there is so critical. Mm. Um, I, I hear that you, uh, in collections, the traders' collections have had mm. a really successful year, even during one of the most difficult periods we've seen in a long time with COVID. It's had such a serious impact on buyer's ability to, ability to pay. But um, you were telling me the other day that mm. one of your team in particular has had some really outstanding results. Can you share some of the tips that he's um, employed to, to get those results? Yes, we've had a record year in Atradius Collections and uh, basically Peter, one of our senior members of the collection team, uh, has had a fantastic number of results over the last few months. Now, in, in any in any collection, luck always plays a part, of course, but as the old saying goes, the more I train, the luckier I get. And that really is so mm. true. And it, we're talking about people with decades of experience uh, who are applying it in a challenging time. So um, Peter's, Peter's got some really great tips here. So he's got four tips. One, always keep calm and avoid getting emotional and do not take this personal. So true. Uh, two, always try to find a creative solution to solve the issue and that way both parties will agree to make an agreement to pay. So this could be about taking back some stock. It could be about a mutually beneficial settlement offer. And most importantly, taking away the us versus them aspect from the conversation. Really true empathy, Mary, is as you've said before, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. You don't have to agree with them you just have to understand, okay? And and then yeah. they and basically they realise that you understand. They understand that you understand. And it is a real step forward in the conversation. Three, always consider the impact before accepting the offer and always follow up on the agreement and repeat it back to the debtor and confirm that he or she understands. So basically, this is clear communication. If they put out an offer, assess it, you know, and then come back. And then once you've locked it in, follow up maintain the dialogue it's so crucial mm. I, I stress it all the time to our collectors like it's great to get a payment promise it, it's great to build the relationship but from then on engage with them you know and and keep following up it's so crucial and the final point um that pete has the main thing is is to get the debtor in the right mindset which is what we've been talking about so it's moving them away from a confrontational approach to a communicative one and um, basically that is, you know, that, that's, that's their tips from decades of experience. And it's so funny and so perfect. They align so perfectly with the kind of strategies that we're putting in place. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned some of those things last week as well, making sure that when 
when we do come to an agreement with a debtor that we absolutely follow up time and time, not just leave it and wait. If they say they're going to make a payment in two weeks, we'll be on the phone four days later making sure they're still on track, just keeping on top of it. It's um, yes. a great tip, that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Mary, if, if every debtor paid on the day they said they pay, I wouldn't have a job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, 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 if you take away anything from this, remember to follow up. Um, can you share some of the main excuses that you hear mm. when you're in the midst of negotiating with debtors? Sure. And, I mean, these excuses are only more common at the moment because of COVID. So the, the first mm. point and, and one of the most, you know, common things you'll ever get is bad cash flow. You know, their cash flow situation is poor. So, look, in that situation, get the debt acknowledged in full so you can use that information at a later date if necessary. And then work on a structured payment plan that aligns with their cash flow. So in a time like COVID, cash flow has been impacted across the board. So many businesses uh, yeah, you know, are struggling. So recognize that. that that's a reality. Um, so start thinking about payment plans. And a lot of these businesses have sound fundamentals and will you know, trade out eventually. I mean, fingers crossed. But like, you've got to just focus on accept They've got bad cash flow and then work on a structured payment plan. Uh, the second uh, one is loss of income due to COVID. So basically someone's lost their job, um, you know, their government funding's fallen through. Again, get the debt acknowledged in full and then check to see if they've applied for government assistance, bank assistance, and try to align a payment plan with a firm start date. Very similar to the first point, but just a, a slight variation. Three, I've already paid this debt. Okay, Check with your records as a matter of courtesy and ask for proof of payment. Like so, often that is a delay strategy, but often it is it is also true. And so, there's no harm if if I call someone up and say you owe fifty thousand dollars to Company X, and they say I've paid Company X two weeks ago, that's fine. Like that's this is the first conversation. Just just get the get the remittance, get as many details as you can, and go back and check because mistakes do happen. Um, number four. It's a dispute. I don't know this. Okay. Again, this is the first conversation. Get a complete in writing record of the dispute and raise it with the internal stakeholders in the business. And be aware, this is very often a negotiation tactic to either stall payment or to start moving towards a settlement offer. So there's really no problem with that. Like as soon as you hear that, okay, just switch your frame of reference, get the details and go back to the appropriate people. Um, and then you come back and restart the conversation after you've got the details from the appropriate person internally. Uh, and five, and, and this is uh, unfortunately quite a common approach by people who've been pushed to the wall, is the brick wall approach, the come sue me approach, very combative, um, yeah. very yeah. shut down. Um, in, these, in these instances, listen and try to label their fears and start a conversation that looks to restart negotiations. And I want to stress, patience is key here. Rarely will a pit bull assault approach work with this excuse because they're very wound up. They're they're sort of they're either defeated and just very nihilistic about the whole thing, or more often they're angry. Uh, so de-escalate. Listen. Be patient. Remember, they are offering zero initially, so you have nothing to lose. Okay, by listening and de-escalating and restarting the conversation. The guy I spoke to this morning, um, he wasn't brick wall. But he was very angry and he was very, he was come sue me. So, but he was calling me Mary, which tells me that he's still willing to keep the conversation going. Yeah. 
So yeah, he wants to pay, but he's he just feels so threatened. And as you say, he's got fears. And as long as you label them and you understand them, you, you can steer the conversation towards mm. getting a positive outcome. Exactly. So how do you prepare for calls like this? So when do you know, um, well, this is the time to go in all guns blazing and be really assertive? Or or when do you know to just get a feel for where the debt is at? How do you know where the legal action is necessary? Or should we go in with an extended payment plan? How do you prepare for something like that? Sure. Well, I mean, the first thing is when you're going to start a debt collection call, um, get a live contact number, the best contact number. Get a copy of the invoice, a statement, and if there's any knowledge of a dispute. Get those basic facts in mind. Talk to the people who dealt with the buyer. Okay, so find the right person. You want to find the right person at the debtor's company to get through to because getting that right person can win or lose you so many of these negotiations, really, frankly. And be comfortable in your position before you call, but always stay flexible and be ready to roll with whatever story is thrown at you. Okay, so be comfortable. Company X is owed $50,000 by Company A. Uh, okay, but then Company A picks up and they start disputing and saying they've paid 25 k and 25 k you know, was charging correctly and yada, 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 and they start throwing names at you. Okay, so you don't go combative because this is your first call. Get the information, go back, and then come back again with the, with the information and just keep in mind that it's an evolving conversation. Uh, don't rush. Okay, you're not a machine gun. If anything, slow it down. And that's a lesson I had to learn as well. Like by slowing the conversation down, the negotiation down, you can settle them, you can soothe them. You can use what's called, Mary, the late night FM voice, radio voice. (laughs) Uh, and, And this is coming from someone with a nasal voice like myself. But if you slow it down and you stay calm, you are improving your chances in the long term. Okay, medium to long term. Um, so, I mean, in essence, that's, you know, things to prepare. Remember always, um, electronic payments are preferable because they're quick and safe and can be tracked very easily. Uh, even better, a credit card payment over the phone. Um, if it's an EFT, get them to send a remittance. Um, as I've said before, following up as your friend, maintain the dialogue. Um, you'll get people out there who will send you fake remittances. But in my years of experience, I can tell you they're in the vast minority. Okay, so most people who bother to send you a remittance have paid the debt most times. Whereas if, if you don't get that, then you're sort of left questioning. Do you know what I mean? You want to be as certain mm-hmm. as possible they've paid it so you can go to the next stage and you can check either internally or with your client if the payment's been made. Now, you've also asked about when to go legal. Well, yeah. Mary, this is so yeah. crucial. As much as any company report that we can pull, by listening to the buyer, you can unlock key pieces of information over time which will help you in deciding when to push that legal button. So when you're talking to Bob, he might disclose he's got a house, he's mortgaged to the hilt, he's getting a divorce. Like they're going to throw out a lot of information at you over time. It's just the nature of people. So you're recording that information as you go along and that can help you assess when if you want to go legal. And that ties into the next thing, which is you brought this up, Mary, previously. When to, You need to know when to stop trying. Okay. Yeah. Here's a key. Here's, here's, a, here's a fact of, of life. You will never get 100% of bad debt collected, and that's okay. That's because the conditions debtors either create or find themselves in make 100% recovery 100% of the time an impossibility. But by utilizing negotiation techniques like active listening, you can greatly increase your recovery rate on money that you thought was dead and gone. And that is so crucial 
uh, to the whole conversation. So also consider engaging a collection agency like Atreides Collections, which has trained professionals with decades of experience in the field, Mary. So, I mean, these are the kind of things that people should be thinking about the first time they, if their boss says to them, call, call company X, he owes me 50K. Okay, go through, the, go through this little checklist. And, and I want to say, remember to stay flexible, okay? And remember to keep the conversation going and keep a record of key pieces of information that Bob discloses in, in, in these calls. And he'll often disclose them in writing as well. So, and all of that can help you build a picture of what you're dealing with. And it can be just as powerful as any company report you'll ever pull. So I hope that helps, Mary. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That definitely helps. Thank you so much um, for going through all of that. It's really, um, again, we go back to the core um, negotiation techniques and the core principles that sit behind that, the trust, the empathy, mm. the, um, the listening or active listening, as you called it. It's sure. so crucial knowing when to stop or knowing when to start, knowing how to start. Yes. Um, it's picking up on those those key in, uh, key bits of um, information, I suppose, when you talk to a debtor. Exactly. And so, Mary, as a final footnote, I'd like to drop a little bit of history. Uh, back in the back in the Crusades, more ground in the Holy Land was won via negotiation than via battle, and that's because Frederick the Great knew when to cut and when to thrust, when to give and when to take. It's you know, and and I think that's just a perfect little fact to remember. When you're negotiating. Oh, have you read that book as well, Dave? I am a Crusades fan, Mary. And uh, I certainly do know quite a bit about Frederick the Great's Crusade. Well, let's just say thanks to Fred then. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Fred. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Mary. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, as I thought at the start of this, this was going to be a really interesting, insightful discussion, and it certainly has been. Thanks so much, Dave, for sharing all that knowledge and, um, and Pete's tips, of course. Indeed. So next time um, we chat, we're going to be talking about collection strategies, um, which will be quite interesting as well. I'll be fantastic. So thanks again. Yeah, thanks again and speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.